Good morning, Revival. Nice. How's everyone doing? Fantastic. My name is Stone. I'm the youth pastor. You guys can take a seat, by the way. We're going to be talking for a while. My name is Stone. I'm the youth pastor here at Revival. Um, Alex is gone today on vacation, which means you guys are stuck with listening to me speak, but it's going to be a good morning. I'm excited. Um, Who here is scared of spiders? Good, I'm not alone, cool. So I am like, I don't pretend to be like a super masculine guy, like you can probably tell, but like probably the least masculine thing happened yesterday, and this is a true story. You can ask Emily wherever she went, she's back there. But so yesterday, me and her, we decided to go on um, a, a morning hike, a sunrise hike. So we went out to Neil Woods, um, we were hiking super early in the morning. I love hiking. I like being outside, but I don't like spiders. So we were walking on the trail. Um, I kid you not, every like three steps, there was massive spider web just across the entire trail. And we were the, we were the first ones there. So no one had walked through yet to like knock down all the spider webs or anything. Every couple steps, massive spider web right in the way. So me being uh, the boyfriend, had Emily go in front and knock down all of the spider webs. She literally, the, the entire time, just knocking all of them down. I'm behind her like, ooh, like trying to dodge all the spiders. It was, it was bad. It was embarrassing. Um, but that was like up high on a hill. I guess like the lower you get down and like it was humid and there was some water, I guess that attracts spiders. I don't know how spiders work, but there were even more of them, like the further down we went into this wooded area, literally covering the ground. It was my nightmare. So we, we were walking through. I was like trying to sprint. Emily was like, oh, look at like the plants. I was like, no, we need to leave. We're, I'm trying to get out of here fast. But we get to this point. There's a fork in the road. We can either go left, which takes us back up the hill and like straight back to the parking lot, or we can turn the other way and go all the way around this big loop, still down in the super scary part, but it takes you to like this really pretty spot. You can see there's like a creek and all this stuff. And we're here at this fork in the road, and we're thinking, all right, <laughs> which way are we going to go? And I, guys, I tried so hard. I was like, okay, we, I'm going to suck it up. We are going to go the cool way, even though I'm terrified. I'm going to suck it up. We're going to go this way. Um, and see all of the cool stuff. But after I gave myself this pep talk and, and we decided to go that cool way, there was a tree with a branch about eye level, this, a big leaf, like palm of my hand sized leaf, right eye level with me. And on that leaf, massive spider staring into my soul. I was like, oh man, that, we went the other way. We went straight back. We went straight back to the car and got out of there. And that was our morning hike. But, <laughs> um, but as we were leaving, I was thinking, like, we went on this morning hike, like, to experience, um, like, God's creation, to go out and, and appreciate God's creation, just be present in that. And I ruined that. <laughs> I ruined our peaceful morning hike that was supposed to be um, our time to connect with each other and connect with God because I was scared and, and distracted by all these things around us. And I think that's how a lot of us um, 
deal with our relationship with God, right? God has something for us, but we get distracted. God, God's trying to speak with us. God's trying to spend time with us, but we get distracted by all of these things around us. And we ask ourselves all the time, like, why do I not hear God speak? Maybe God is speaking, you're just not listening. So today, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about how can we listen to God better. So we're going to look through a couple different stories. We're going to start out in Matthew 14. If you want to open your Bibles there, Matthew 14, we're going to be starting verse 22. It says, immediately after this, okay, so this is Jesus with his disciples. He just got done doing Jesus-y things, performing miracles, all that. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. All right, so if I was a disciple, I'd be like, where is Jesus in this moment, right? Like, we gave up everything. Like, the cost of following Jesus for these disciples, like, they gave up their careers, their money, their families, everything. They gave it up to follow Jesus, and he just tells them to get on a boat and go, and he goes off by himself. If I was a disciple, I'd be like, why are you not coming with us? Like, especially in the middle of a storm, like, man, it'd be real nice to have Jesus in this boat right now, right? But he wasn't there. He went off. He was praying. He was um, by himself. And I think a lot of us, we, we feel like God has left us. We feel like God has abandoned us. But maybe what's happening, he hasn't actually left. We just don't see how he's working, right? Maybe, maybe he has sent you off in a boat, and you feel like he's left you. You feel like he isn't a part of your life anymore, but maybe he's just off somewhere else working in a way that you don't understand or you can't see right now. All right, so let's keep reading. Verse 25 says, about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. Super cool miracle, right? We're going to keep going. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. All right, so they mistook Jesus a ghost. They didn't even understand that it was Jesus standing on the water. And we do that same exact thing. We have such a hard time deciphering what's God and what's not. There are times where, where something happens and we're like, oh yeah, that's definitely God. God's trying to tell me something through this. And it, that is not the case at all. And then there's other times things happen. God is like screaming at us, trying to get us to understand something. And we're like, eh, no, that, that can't be God, right? Like, does anyone like to like go, like, work out outside or, like, go on runs outside? Nobody. Sam does. Like, a, a few people. All right. So I, I run occasionally. I did more in high school. But um, there have been so many times where I'm getting ready to go run outside or I wake up early to go work out outside and I see that it's raining. Oh, man. God must not want me to work out today. Has anyone said that? Like, man, like, the weather's just not good. That's God's sign, man. I am not supposed to work out today. That, that's happened to me a few times. Or, or what about you lose your keys or, or your alarm doesn't go off and you wake up late for work. God must not want me to work today. Man, sorry, boss. God, you know, he woke me up late. I can't come in today. So we, we, like, try to explain things by them being God when they very well may not. Like, it's raining. Maybe that's the water cycle. Maybe that's not God, right? Or you lost your keys. Maybe you just misplaced your keys. Maybe it's not God. But
But there's other times, maybe things are God and, and we, we just aren't paying enough attention to understand. Like maybe at work, you're super overwhelmed, you're dealing with bad coworkers, you have all this stuff going on, you just feel overwhelmed. Maybe that's God telling you that you need to pause, take a second, start relying on him instead of yourself. Maybe you need a time of silence, a time to just sit in his presence, right? Or maybe you're struggling financially and God is trying to tell you, this is what happens when, when you try and manage your own finances, but this is what could happen if you let me manage your finances, if you trust me first with finances, right? So maybe it is, maybe it isn't, and that's hard to say for me on stage, but there are things in our lives that we need to start paying more attention and think, is this God speaking to me right now, or is this something else, right? And also, who? Who is God speaking through in your life? Because God can speak through people, and that's just as much his voice as anything else. I know in my own life this past week, I heard God speak probably the clearest I ever have, and it was through somebody else. Um, I usually don't struggle with writing sermons. That is something I enjoy doing, and um, I've never had a particularly hard time writing a sermon, but preparing for this sermon, I struggled hard, and I, I was overwhelmed. This whole past month, I have just had a lot going on. I was doing a lot of school stuff, a lot of um, work stuff. I got sick. There was so much going on, and I let that distract me, um, and I just wasn't sitting in the presence of God enough, so that is what caused me to struggle with writing the sermon. But I texted Alex... What I wanted to say was, man, you should just fire me. I, I can't write a sermon. I, I'm not a good youth pastor. I wanted to go on and on and say all these things. But what I said, I just said, I'm struggling, and I need help <laughs> writing this sermon. And what he texted me, I am 100% convinced this was God speaking through Alex in this text. He said, sit, be quiet, and see what God has for you. Don't go searching for some sermon. Don't don't." be seeking anything in particular, just aside from the presence of God. So I went and I sat, I, I went in my room, I closed my door, and I sat, cl eyes closed, I set a timer for 10 minutes. I just sat, complete silence, no distractions. And then Alex texted me again and said, teach the church what God is teaching you. And in that moment, what, what God was teaching me all these things were going on in my life. There were so many things I was distracted by. I was feeling so overwhelmed. And what God was teaching me and what he spoke to me through Alex was, you just need to stop, set all the distractions aside, be present with me, and listen. Right? So that, that was the clearest I've ever heard from God. And that is what I'm here teaching today. So um, we'll just keep reading, but we'll be in verse 27. But Jesus spoke to them at once, don't be afraid, he said, take courage, I am here. So he's still standing on the water, everyone's looking at him, thinks he's a ghost. Don't be afraid, take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you, walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. That, that right there is perfect. That is what we should be doing. There, there were the wind, waves, this storm was raging. He just set all of it aside and said, okay, Jesus, you are calling me right now to step out towards you, right? And, and Peter was a, was a fisherman, right? So he would have known 
how to handle being in a boat in a storm, right? He, he would have been fine. But he stepped out of his comfort zone, away from the boat, away from his comfort, away from what he knew, stepped out into the wind and the waves, the, the scary circumstance that was going on. He stepped out into that towards Jesus to be closer to him, to listen to what Jesus had in that moment, right? So that's per- that is the perfect example, and I wish the story stopped right there, but it doesn't. Verse 30 it says, but when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Right, so this is where so many of us live, right? We, we, we're just in a constant state of distraction because of the circumstance around us, right? God is calling us to step out into something scary. He's calling us to step towards him away from what we know so that we can listen, so that we can be in his presence, so that we can come closer to him and, and, and walk in step with the Spirit, but we are so distracted by the wind and the waves in our life. And something that's so interesting, nothing changed in this story externally, right? The, Jesus was still standing there. The, the storm was still raging. Nothing changed from the moment that he decided to step out of the boat to the moment that he noticed the wind and the waves. The only thing that changed was his focus, He shifted his focus from Jesus. When he stepped out, he was focused on Jesus, saying, Jesus, what do you have for me? He he was in a moment of trust, like, God, this is what you want me to do. So he did it. But it wasn't until he broke focus, when he started paying more attention to the wind and the waves than he was to Jesus, that's when he began to sink. And that's the exact same in our lives. When when there's wind and waves, when there's things going on, and, and we start to focus on that instead of Jesus, that is when we sink. The wind and the waves isn't what makes us sink. What makes us sink is where our focus is. So where is your focus? What are your wind and waves? Right? Name it. Because it's so easy to say, like, I'm, I'm distracted right now. I'm really busy right now. There's a lot going on. But name it. What is the specific thing that you need to address? Right? Because Satan is going to attack us in very specific ways. And if we just generalize, if we just say, man, I'm busy, man, I have things going on, we're not going to be able to properly attack that unless we address specifically what that thing is. So what is it for you? What are your wind and waves? Is it work? You have a lot going on at work. You have coworkers that you don't like. You have things going on at work that are distracting you from Jesus. Is it your financial situation? Is it your kids? This, this is easy for me to say as someone that doesn't have kids, but I think we struggle with idolizing our children right? If, if your relationship with God is suffering because you're too busy with your kids, right, then your kids have become an idol. And I think that's, that's hard to hear, but that's true, right? If, if your life is revolving around your children and not your relationship with Jesus, if your kids are running your life, then that's an idol and you need to address that because it's distracting you from what God may have for you, right? Maybe, maybe it's comparison to others. Maybe it's your relationships. Whatever it is, name it. Name what your wind and waves are so that you can address it, so that you can step away from it, so that you can focus on Jesus and not sink. All right, so finishing out the story, verse 31 says, Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? Then he climbed back into the boat. The wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped worshiped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. First of all, notice how they don't worship him until the wind and the waves stop, right? 
right? Instead of, instead of worshiping him through the wind and the waves, they wait until it stops, and then they worship him, and then they say, oh, you really are the son of God, right? Maybe if they were focused on Jesus and the fact that he was walking on the water, right, and the fact that he was calling them out instead of focusing on the wind and the waves, maybe they would have not sank, right? But notice how Jesus says, he says, why did you doubt me? He doesn't say, why did you lose focus on me? Why did you look at the wind and the waves? He says, why did you doubt me? Because when we allow the distractions in our life to have a tighter hold on us than, than what Jesus has, that's not saying that you're just distracted. That's more than just distraction. That's doubting God because the wind and waves of our life are so small compared to Jesus, right? We, we get so distracted, we get so worried by these little things surrounding us, these wind and the waves, that we forget how big our God is, right? When, when we step out onto the water and, and we stop looking at Jesus and start looking at the wind and the waves, that's telling God, I don't trust you because I don't believe that you are big enough to, to, to take care of these things yourself. You're saying, I want to take care of these things because I don't trust that you will, right? But, but God is telling us we need to trust him. We need to understand that he is bigger than the wind and the waves so that we can focus on him instead of trying to take care of all these external factors ourselves, right? Matthew 6 talks about how God feeds the birds and, and dresses the flowers. So how much more does he love us then he loves those things, right? If he takes care of, of flowers and birds and all these little things, he sent his son to die for us. So how much more does he care about us than he cares about all those other little things that he's already taken care of? We need to stop worrying about the wind and the waves and start understanding that God is bigger than that thing. God is bigger. He, he, can, he can solve those problems in our lives, right? He can stop the wind and the waves, Right? So we need to start focusing on him, start trusting him that he's bigger, and stop focusing on the wind and the waves. Right? But I think it's easy reading that story to think, okay, but Jesus was there with them. So if I was in that situation, I'd be fine because you know, face-to-face Jesus, it's so much easier. Right? And, and I think a lot of us today ask the question, like, does God still even speak? Like, that story was back in, in Bible times, and, and Jesus was there with them. Of course, he was speaking to them. It was easy to hear from, from God then. But there's another story I'm going to share with you where that wasn't the case. First Samuel 3. I'm going to go 1 through 11, but verse 1 says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. Right, so for, for context, the nation of Israel was sinning a lot. They, were, they didn't want anything to do with God. They kept messing up. They kept drifting further and further from him, from his presence. And they hadn't heard from God in a long time. They didn't know what his voice sounded like. They didn't know how to listen to him. And that's where a lot of us are right now. We feel like he hasn't spoken in a long time. We feel like he is not with us. We feel like he is far from us. We'll keep reading verses 2 through 7. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. 
Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? Right, he thought it was Eli calling him. He didn't know that it was God. I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. And then verse 7, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never heard a message from the Lord before. Do you not hear God because he isn't speaking? Or do you not hear God because you don't recognize his voice? Do you not hear God because he isn't speaking? Or do you not hear God because you don't know how to listen to him? We'll keep reading. Verse 8. Says, so the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So pause, who's your Eli, right? Eli is telling Samuel, Eli is mentoring Samuel and saying, This isn't me, this is God. So who in your life is helping you discern God's voice? Who is your Eli? But he said to Samuel, Go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, Speak, your servant is listening. Speak, your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do a shocking thing in Israel. And he goes on and tells Samuel all this stuff, and Samuel becomes this amazing prophet and does all these incredible things. But look at what he says. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. When's the last time you said that? When's the last time you set all the distractions aside, just sat in silence and said, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening? Right? Is God not speaking to you, or are you just speaking over him? Right? Are you allowing God to speak? A lot of us don't. A lot of us look at prayer, we just go through our list of things we want to say, and then we go about our day. What time do you spend stop listening to God? For most of us, it's very little. Right? And we're going we're gonna to transition, we're going to have our communion moment um, early, so, so if you haven't already, we have communion over there, you can go ahead and grab that, but... Um, as, as you are preparing for communion, just think, why are you not hearing God's voice? Right? Is it proximity? Because there's another story. In 1 Kings 19, it says, this is, this is God speaking to Elijah. He says, go out and stand before me on the mountain. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. Right? And how can we hear a whisper if we're far from God? Right? James 4, 8 says, draw near to, draw near to the Lord and he will draw near to you. Maybe the problem is that we're too far from God. Or that, that we don't understand how close he is, right? That we're drowning out the sound of his voice. So maybe we need to come closer to him. 
to be able to hear his whisper. Right? Or maybe there's just too many distractions, too much noise. Right? Maybe right now in this moment, you are standing on the boat like Peter, and there's wind and waves distracting you. Maybe you've had a hard time even paying attention to what I've been saying because you're thinking about what you're going to have to do when you go home, the, the mess from work that you're going to have to clean up, the, the stuff that you're going to have to do today to prepare for the week. What if we just stop? Stop looking at the wind and the waves. Stop getting distracted by the noise of our circumstance. And just look at, look at Jesus. Say, God, I'm listening. Right? And band, you guys can come up, but just take out the distractions. Say, God, I'm listening. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Right? So as we take communion, it's going to be a little different than usual Usually we encourage you to go pray with somebody, and if that's what the Holy Spirit is leading you to, I don't want to stifle that. Go and do that. But if not, just take this moment. Listen to the song. Just sit in silence. Remove the distractions, right? Step out onto the water and trust that you are not going to sink as long as your focus is set on Jesus, right? And just say, quiet yourself, be silent, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Just wait and see what he has for you. Let's pray. God, thank you for your son. Thank you for the sacrifice he made. Thank you, God, that you are bigger than the wind and the waves. Thank you for anchoring us, Lord, and the fact that, that we don't have to worry about our circumstance because you're bigger than whatever we're going through. God, thank you for speaking, even when we aren't listening, even when we feel far from you, even when we don't know what you're doing, when we don't understand how you're working in our lives, God, thank you for still speaking. Even when we run from you, even, even when we don't listen, God, you still speak, and we thank you for that. So, Lord, in this moment, I just pray that you can help us remove all distraction. God, that you quiet the wind and the waves in our life so that we can focus on you. Lord, speak in this moment. Speak, for your servants are listening. Amen.